Hey, Adam. What's up, babe? We're in the pit cart Damn at Gingerman, man. which feels familiar. Yeah. Uh, feels so, familiar to me, too. <laughs> hey, Ed. What's going on, man? Hey, buddy. Ed sold us this pit cart. <laughs> sold me this pit cart. Um, before we get started and before we get into the, the silliness, what's this podcast brought to you by, Abe? FCP Euro. And the letter A. And B and C. Uh, I have the Sesame Street letter of the day song stuck in my head <laughs> right now. That's so good. Uh, FCP all the parts are guaranteed for life. And Apex Pro with uh, their new Gen 2 hardware, which is awesome. Yeah, baby. And if you aren't familiar with that new product, you should go to the Tracktuned YouTube channel where Andrew and I did, did a, a video, there, uh, a video podcast where we walk through the features and the new functionality. And like, as a podcast, it's okay, but with... Pretty uh, good video. With the video, it's better. I mean, we got Abe. He's got a face for the radio, but sometimes he's on the video. It's <laughs> well, I have um, a face oh for Lord. radio and a voice for reading books. Yeah, you did a great job, man. All great I know job. is that Andrew Rains is a babe. He is kind of a babe. Dude's such a looker. What a nice fellow. And he's a good talker. He's really he good at talking. I, my favorite guest speaker in beginner meeting hangouts is Andrew Rains. Yeah. Andrew awesome. Rains tied for close second with John Raymond. Slayers. Slayers. John Raymond delivers a good meeting. He does. I, I witnessed one today. I was yeah. impressed. Pretty pretty good. I'm pretty good. There's a reason he's here. Uh, so on the podcast. Also, Patreon listeners, we uh, appreciate the uh, the support. And always. boy, oh boy, do we have something we have planned for you. There is a thing tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, <you> might- if, <laughs> if you previously listened to the Patreon-only sister-sister episode... Yeah. So I like literally feel bad exploiting Dalton for his crazy family incestual stories. Oh <laughs> but no! But, but I'll, I'll, I'll be I honest. Was, it's like the, it's like hedonism forgot how to like uh, happen, and they're just like, "Hey, that's my family. This this shit looks fun. Let's hang out." Uh, <laughs> I will say that I get multiple messages, people saying. This is what we pay for. <laughs> if that doesn't make you want to sign up for the Patreon, I don't know what will. Dude, nothing, Can I give you cash now? Nothing made anybody sign up more than that show. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking ridiculous amounts of driver, of listeners. Uh, yeah, uh, Dalton's stories are ridiculous, and uh, they're super fun, so we might be sticking a mic in his face tomorrow. The, uh, so. the Ten Tense Boys... Said yeah. that if the sister sister episode was good, yeah. this is better. <laughs> oh no, I don't think I have it in me to do this. This week gets too hard. <laughs> um, so right now we this are is the at warm up. Uh, we're at it's Friday night at spring kickoff. I've been here since I don't know. I've been here for a couple days. Uh, this, you got here at three a.m. on Thursday morning. Yeah, this event is sort like right now. This is my nirvana personally. Like this is the place. Like, walking the paddock, it's just, it's like two steps chiller than Midwest Festival at night. Um, but it's really big. Right now it's, it's got like a Honda Me vibe, It's it? really full, though, and it's really fun. And there's neon lights everywhere, and everybody's having a great time. So I'm having a really good night. Um, who's on the show tonight, Abe? We've got Eduardo Colazzo, Ed. otherwise known as Ed CZ on the internet. Hi, friends. Hey, buddy. And we also have Rob Fields. Yes. Formerly of Good Arrow, and now of... Fields Auto Works. Auto Works. You guys, you guys it's are a cool little car you're having. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that very there. much. Yeah. So, uh, tell us, tell us everything about your life. Please start at the beginning. Yeah. Where <laughs> sure. were you born? How old are you? Uh, Please start your, with what's your sign? Of How do you take right, your coffee? Right, right. <laughs> He's a Gemini. He prefers it with cream only. So, um, 
Well, we'll start start on the motorsports journey. Um, my uh, my father raced Formula cars, and he was a Lola dealer. He he was around uh, kind of the edges of being a professional in motorsport all his career, but he, he had a day job like so many of us have. And, yeah. Um, and we, so, know, we know all about the day job. Oh, we all do. I <laughs> can't so. tell you the number of people that ask if grid life is full-time for you and me, and it's like, well, wow. kind of, but like that's not what we it's do for a living. It's only full-time because we make our other jobs tolerate 40 hours worth of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I spent at least 10 hours this week at work doing pairings and sending emails. <laughs> I'm so glad my boss doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> so, you know, growing up like that, I, I never really had a hope of escaping this, right? And so um, I grew up, um, you know, doing that, helping my dad out in, in the pits a little bit here and there, and um, went off to engineering school, um, learned a little bit about uh, how to build stuff and how to go fast, and um, so... While I was at school, I started helping out with some some regional teams, and my dad was kind of winding down some of the stuff he was doing in his daytime career. Um, we got to a point where we, uh, I was working on engineering projects for Scott Good, who had started Good Arrow, and um, it got to a point at Good Arrow where Scott was ready to move on to something else, and um, he was making a bunch of changes in his life, moving and taking care of his folks, and uh, so I ended up taking over Good Arrow from him, um, and we had that for five years. My uh, in that time frame, my dad retired, and uh, so he was the design director for a lot of the Good Arrow stuff. And um, we did eventually, uh, a little over a year ago, sell that off. Um, it's in very capable hands at Demon Speed Motorsports now. Um, but while we were working on all that stuff, we were looking, you know, really hard at the market and what people were doing and. My dad had, over the course of his motorsports career, designed and built a, a ton of cars, you know, from, from paper to reality. It was five cars at that point. That's so wild. But it's like a thing nobody His dad does. is oh, so unbelievably intelligent. So cool. But it, it's also one of those things where, like, each one of them was, like, one of, like... One was built, or three were built, right, or, right. Yeah. and they were formula cars and sports right. racers. Totally low volume stuff. Exactly, exactly. But and nobody d- like you, you never meet somebody who's like, yeah, I built four of those. Like that's the right. See that car? Like I, nobody. <laughs> like I've met four people in my life that have been like, see that car? I built that car. Like exactly. all of it out of exactly. steel, like out of aluminum. Yeah. I know. And so and rare. So rare. So, so. He was talking about continuing to do that um, in his retirement as he was getting ready to come out of his industry, his uh, his career in telecom. And um, we were kind of looking around and I said, Dad, everybody we know that builds race cars is going out of business or they've got some other support, right? You right. look at Elan, you look at Van Diemen, you look at Lola, you look at Delara, you look at... So that sounds like a great business to start. Right, exactly. <laughs> so so Everybody you, else failed. Let's try that. <laughs> well, And that was exactly it. And I said, Dad... Everybody we know who builds race cars isn't being successful in this market. Right. What's being successful where where the major OEs are investing are in track cars. People want to be able to take their buddy out with them. They right. want to go to Cars and Coffee. They don't want to be seen in the car. So let's build something that people can enjoy on the street. They can enjoy it on the track, and it's going to be capable in all those environments. And he gave that a hard think. And it, you know, there were a couple of years um, in there while he was wrapping up his telecom career and good arrow was was growing and, and we continued with that that he stewed on that and finally in 2017 um between the two of us we put pen to paper on a couple of designs and 
Um, he pulled a few things out of his old toolbox on how to build formula cars and sports racers and super lightweight models. And um, I brought some of my aerospace background and, and some of my manufacturing background. And the result was we spent all our money trying to make cars. <laughs> and so, uh, at, at NCM, was the, the first time I saw one was uh, the Cardinal bare chassis at NCM. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had seen it uh, on Facebook a couple times and then... Uh, Steve, who's working with you guys now, Steve Holscher, he, um, he, I've known him. He instructed with us at, at uh, Shenandoah a couple of years ago at uh, Summit Point, um, and I've known him on a couple of forums for a long time. Uh, and he had shared some stuff years ago, or somebody had shared some stuff years ago. I was familiar with it when you first came up with it. Uh, and then seeing one in person, it was like, it's pretty rad, man. Like the underskin and the underbody of that thing. Uh, Tell us the details on the car. Like, what? What's the the purpose? Is like street track day car. Yeah, absolutely. So the Cardinal Coupe, um, it is meant to be a super high performance, you know, lightweight GT style of car. It's a classic GT car, right? It's a two seater. Classic it's, looking, also. Oh, absolutely. It's extremely Very nostalgic. Um, it's a panel and, and functional. Frame. Oh yeah, <laughs> it um, it's a paneled space frame type construction, which is. The, the form of race car construction that was used in cars like the Porsche 962s and, and things like that. It's what it's the technology that was replaced at great expense by the carbon monocoque. And unibodies and stuff like that. Right. Right. And so for what we're doing, we said, all right, look, we want we want a paneled space frame for the main tub. We'll do tubular steel substructures. Um, so it's, it's an extremely lightweight car. The one that we have with us this weekend is sitting there without a driver, but otherwise ready to go at about 1,800 pounds. What is the, uh, for listeners, like what are the big bullet points? So suspension design, drivetrain, et cetera. So it's a pull rod suspension, formula car style, double pull arm. Rod. Pull rod, not, not push rod. Oh, so what's a, everybody knows what a push rod is. You get, instead of a shock, you have a rod, the shocks at a different angle, et cetera. Uh, unsprung weight, whatever. Uh, what's a pull rod? Pull rod is exactly the same basic concept, but you invert the motion ratio. And so instead of compressing, um, instead of, instead of the rod being pushed Pushing, when you go into compression, it pulls it's pulled it. when okay. the wheel goes into compression. So the shock goes into compression instead of uh, the other way. It just pulls on it instead of compression Correct. with a rod pushing it. That's exactly right. Okay. And the advantage of the pull rod, I mean, push rod is great if you're going to be making damper changes on a regular basis, if you want to have the blade-style formula car sway bars. But if you are not going to be making hot swaps on dampers, uh, pull rods allow you to have less material because the tensile strength is greater than the compression strength, and sure. it allows you to put the damper in a, mo- a lower position. I was wondering if it was CG-based. It, like, it helps you know, quite a bit on that. Especially, you know, the, the rest of the car is light enough that, that everything like that is a consideration. Right, right. Um, so, sure. suspension's double A-arm pull rod. Um, the chassis all uh, tubes. Is and it independent rear? rear? It is independent rear. What, um, what diff? So we're using the diff, the axles, the hubs, all everything out of uh, the current generation Mustang. Everything from the flywheel back, if you're using our intended drivetrain, is GT350. Right. Everything forward of that is EcoBoost. So you have a car with parts, the hard parts that are consumables on a 4,000-pound car, on a car that weighs... 32 percent of that right <laughs> that's kind of cool <laughs> well might be, be long lasting yeah. it it should it should last a long time but also um you know from our formula car days it's like nobody wants to wait for for parts from england for three months to go race it yeah that makes sense uh spindles and stuff like that like what are the hard parts on that stuff so the 
the like bearing cassette hub is bolt in from the Mustang, but it, what it bolts into is our suspension okay. upright. Um, so, so basically, you can go to AutoZone and buy some stuff. Exactly, you can exactly. And buy some stuff. Right? The okay. the real intent was, unless you wrecked the car, if you're just maintaining it, right. you shouldn't have to call us for parts or ever even fix it because it weighs thirty percent of the parts <laughs> that it's designed to beat up. <laughs> I think people on the internet are obsessed with high horsepower modern cars. Yeah, and they um, weigh 4,200 pounds. And they, like, for example, the right. new TLX, I think, is awesome. Yeah. But it weighs more than 4,000 pounds. That's a lot and of weight. I don't know why. High threes, low fours is crazy for a track car, dude. Um, You're talking about my race car. And so, like, <laughs> I, you always. It's like my 92. Like, it's it super heavy. Cool it's got a bunch of power. A big it makes good car with a lot terrible. of power. Yeah, it's heavy. But. Everything about going to the track is expensive when you have a heavy car. Everything. And so, like... Gas, brakes, everything. Gas, brakes, tires, tires, all those things that you use while you're slowing down a 4,000-pound car? Slowing down, speeding up, making turn. Well, and at the end of the day, there's no amount of horsepower that helps you stop or turn. Right. That's true. Um, I like that. I'm going to use that. That's that's a pretty good say. Um, As far as tires and stuff, like, what's the biggest you could tuck under this thing? Like, what do you put on? How much do you want is a better question. <laughs> so, um, he's so, about to tell you how much you need because he did the math. <laughs> the, the, way have, the, way, so, the way the car is sitting this weekend is on 225 square. Okay. And it's plenty quick on that. Um, we like having the smaller tires for short sessions because you get heat into them right away. You don't have to worry about them. And even, even on the 225s, a set of A7s is lasting us six or seven weekends. Um, now so you're cycling out before you're wearing it. Correct. Right. Now, in terms of what you can put under the car, um, the car will take 315s in the rear and it'll take 295 oh in the front. Oh, my goodness. Neat. <laughs> so, so three laps in, you might have heat in the back, huh? Well, it but depends how much tow you want to There's run, so much happy medium in between those two sizes. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> well, yeah, so you I feel like, like we've making a wrong turn with a 225. So you can put Miata tires or C5 Vet with... Stretched fenders. Well, that's for the guys that want to put an LS in it. Yeah. Okay. So one of one of the things that we wait. What are the physical dimensions of this car? How big? How wide? How tall? So um, it's not very. It is. It's not. Well, it's not. But it. it, You know, when when people see it on the internet, when they see the renderings and stuff, everybody thinks it's going to be like NA Miata size, and it's not. Um, You know, it roughly fits in the same dimensions as an E46 BMW, but it's about four inches shorter. And it's. Uh, roughly what a thousand pounds lighter? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> every bit of that. Right, it's um, pretty wide. Like it's a big car. Oh, it is wide. Um, one of the things that we so through Good Arrow, we spent a whole bunch of time working on a really cool aerial atom that ran in One Lap of America a bunch of times. It had okay. crazy aero and turbo. Jack's car. That is Jack's car. Okay. Um, and as part of that aero development, we spent a bunch of time with that car. We were doing um, shock potentiometer data and brake data and all this stuff and. Um, one of the things that we noticed about that was that um, we expected that car to be very similar to like a Lotus Elise or anything. We expected to be banging helmets together between the driver and the passenger, and we weren't. And we were really pleasantly surprised by that. And we said, "All right, we got to carry that over, you know, that that characteristic over in anything that we design." What? Uh, wh- why do you think it did that versus your expectation of it? Like, well, what was I think, the change. I think the the spacing between the seats in the in the Atom, but also. The Atom, one of the things with the Atom is that, you know, you really are right out against the outer edge of the car. Right, right. There's You're not a lot of crash envelope. protection, crash protection. Whatever. No, and, you know, they've, they've got some really serious serious Strong, structure yeah, there, right. but it's you're right up against it, right? right? There's no, no cushion. And so the Cardinal's 
partly as wide as it is so that you have a combination of um, some really good in side intrusion protection right. while also preserving that distance between the driver and passenger. Okay. Um, can it be street driven? It can, but we, we get into a very particular area here, which is uh, Fields Auto Works is a rolling chassis manufacturer, right? Okay. So if you want to drive this on the street, I can't tell you what drivetrain to put it in it. I can tell you what we designed it around, what's, in, what's intended, which parts to go buy. But at the end of the day, what we're going to ship you for a streetcar is a rolling chassis, right. right? Now, it'll be a turnkey rolling chassis, meaning that until you lift the hood up, you'll think this is a done car, right? You turn the key and the lights come on and it's ready to go, except it doesn't have a motor or a transmission okay. or a drive shaft. Right. Um, if you want a track-only model, get in touch with us. We'll figure out a way to make it happen. Right. Um, if you, you want to know a guy who can put a motor in it. Oh, absolutely. And, <laughs> and at, at, at the end of the day, that's, that's a big part of our business model is we're looking at it going, people want, in most cases, done cars, right? How do you make sure that people can, can end up having a car that's done to the same level that what we want to have roll out of our factory is right. done to? Makes sense. Uh, it, 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 it's got like this weird um, but also super cool vintage design. What are your thoughts and what kind of feedback have you gotten from it? Like the bodywork looks like something that you're like, I think I saw that run. So uh, it's like MG-ish. I'm not a vintage car expert, and so I'm sure plenty of people will tell, them, tell me I'm wrong. But like this car is cool in the way that I think like – Morgans are cool. Yeah, and it also it's like has, an MG and a Morgan had a baby and went fast. Right, and it's got like a cool grill and didn't that catch on looks fire a little randomly. bit like Alpha, but also like so like the front three quarter, back three quarter, and side profile. I love so uh, a so, lot. Like I really like the looks of it. I, we first of all, we very much appreciate that. Um, it's a subjective car, though. Oh, sure. it it is, especially the coupe. Um, you know the uh, the main design inspiration really are the Zagato bodied cars of the '60s, right? Oh, so that that I comes that. out in totally the Alphas, the the Aston um, like DP214 and DP215s. Um, the really common one everybody's going to be familiar with would be like the 250s. Um, but uh, part of the reason that that was that was so key to our, our inspiration. Number one, we recognize there's a tremendous amount of nostalgia in the motorsports community right now. Right. Um, we could have draped any kind of body over it. Right, yeah, you the, literally the probably could have put a sports racer, freaking like uh, uh, radical looking body on. And, and there's nothing to say we won't at some point. Right. We call it something else. Yeah, frankly. rear but engine radical or front engine radical is could be cool, right? But Cardinola. <laughs> but at the at the You're same owe time Ed for the naming rights, <laughs> right? Right. For the next one. I'll send you a license. <laughs> um, the. Um, Part of the reason that we picked the the body style we did on the coupe is because those cars, in that sort of slipstream era, they were extremely aerodynamically efficient from a drag perspective. Right. Unfortunately, because they were so focused on the drag and not so much on stability and downforce, um, those cars in that time, while they had great top speed for their power output, they weren't always the most stable. They didn't have the most grip. Um, pair that with the tire technology of the time, right? So for us, what we said is let's take advantage of the drag perspective of that but um, work in some modern cooling and downforce elements to the aerodynamics preserve the original kind of nostalgic body to it but well, bring a whole bunch of function can, can as well. Can you speak to that a minute like if you have this car that you've built uh, tell me about the construction of the body and like how you went about I guess designing and building it like what's it made of and what's the process that goes into producing a shell? Absolutely and 
Um, I will well, we'll preface this with the car that's sitting here this weekend is the, the test mule car, right? So that body has been cut up and put back together and cut up and cut up and cut up. And so um, for a, the sort of the, the cradle to grave of the production body work was we started with a physical buck that was sanded into the shape of the car. Cool. And then pulled molds off of that. Right. Took those molds, which had no flanges, no back sets, no edges, and pulled skins from those molds, took those skins and trimmed them and formed them and added flanges to them, and that is the test body that's here this weekend. And that's constructed of? Fiberglass. Completely fiberglass. Fi- okay. completely fiberglass. Yeah. Um, from there, to go on to production body work, which is what's on the subsequent cars that are out in the world or in our shop being built right now, um, the process was to take that test car and take the measurements, figure out okay, well, maybe this flange really belongs another quarter inch this way, or it really needs this kind of a radius, or it really needs a whatever, and take that back to the molds, make those changes in the molds, and then pull production. Yeah, you're looking for longevity and ease of assembly and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, exactly. Um, And so the result of that is we kept this test body on this car because this is the one that we continue to develop on. We rent it out to people. Um, that's that is just to pause on that for one second. That's one of the things that I think is really cool about what we do is how do you test drive a, a race car that you want to buy, right? right, right. Um, so what we do is we say, well, we'll rent it to you for a weekend, and you know, at the end of the weekend, if you decide you want to buy it, we'll take the rental fee and credit that towards the purchase of the, the car. Crap out of it. So come come, cool. come try it out. It's like worst, a really fun version of a deposit. Exactly. I mean, worst worst case, so you rented a fast a car for the weekend, and best case, you ended up with a discount on the car after you right. rented the right. one that's it's non-refundable unless you buy one. In which case, we'll give you all your money back. Well, but again, you know, you rented you rented a fast race car for the weekend. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and. So far as we can tell, fairly unique in that in that track car world. That's very cool. So, um, like, I, I guess to that that question, you might say, well, like, whose idea was that? Or, like, th- I, to me, that seems like really effective marketing. Um, as as you guys are building your company, you, at what point were you like, no, we're, that's what we're going to do. That's that's right. Well, I think a big part of it was we, we approached it from the standpoint of, you know, knowing the performance, knowing everything, but but not having a name. Right, not sure. being a, a household car builder name, what can we do that's going to inspire confidence in people? And so, if if we're confident enough to say, uh, yeah, you can come run the car all weekend and you know run the heck out of it and see what it does, and and we feel confident that you're going to come away from that experience wanting to buy the car, then you know that confidence transfers through into people being, all right, well, I'm going to take the chance and I'm going to rent the car and see how it does. And awesome. so far, the results have been overwhelmingly positive with that process. Cool. Yeah, I would imagine consumables are a huge part of the, the purchasing, like, reasoning. Like, if you want to do track day stuff, working on cars is the worst part about it. Like, how is the car to live with? Oh, it, it's it's extremely livable. It's um, So it's super light on brakes, tires, and gas. Yeah. You know, as with that weight, you, you'd expect, right? I literally designed my own car around not having to do brakes on it very often. Uh, it's the best. Just it make it 1,750 pounds, and you don't have to fix it a lot. Right? It's, oh, it's, it, it's, put the hubs on it off the 3,000-pound Civics, and put the brakes on it off the 3,000-pound Civics, and make it 1,700 pounds. You know, it's I've had so many customers that start out yeah. with, like, 
I'm gonna buy a 911 Turbo. I'm gonna go to the racetrack. Right. I'm like, I mean, that's a great plan if that's You're what totally you want to do. Hate your life, but yeah. And then they're like going through a set of tires every two events. Well, you can't turn off the traction control completely. They're uh, drinking fuel like it's going out of style. A brand new set of brakes every three weekends. Yeah. And, and then, and then a year and a half or two years yeah. later, they're like, I want a Lotus. Because I can pick it up and put it in my trailer my, by myself. My wife <laughs> says I should buy an ND Miata. Uh, should I buy one of those? Spec, <laughs> spec Miata looks real attractive right. when your brake replacement costs can buy a Spec Miata. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to and the crew for a second because like, buying those high horsepower fast cars is fun and attractive if you're not in it but like if if you want to do track stuff for 20 years and you and you want to get enjoyment out of it the whole time getting something that is cheap to run at the track is important you're you're right but that's not how a lot of people start like i know a lot of people start with the car that they bought for the street and then segue into, okay, I like this. I want to do this long term. How do I make this work? And what's going fast around me that is obviously having just as much fun and not spending the amount of money and that I'm spending? So, and that's how you end up at something awesome like that or in in a, another lightweight production, low consumable car like a an Exige or an Elise or a Miata. You fill in the blank here. There's a billion of them. But. So some, something I want to touch on there, you know, talk about going to the track for 20 years and and you know we absolutely you know build to that but at the same time we're not in a position to wait 20 years for people to recognize what we're doing right and so our cars have to be fun in 20 minutes sure one session in you want to you want to own that thing well but like i have a an eighth gen civic and it is not a fast car but you can drive it kind of quick and it's cheap to run it's always reliable it's very, very basic, and there is still work to be done to get fast enough to drive to the limit of the car. Right. Um, like, driving a 500-horsepower Evo is fun for a minute, but unless you have a lot of means to throw at a car like that, cheap car is better because yeah. what you're paying you're, for you're is literally, the opportunity to turn last. I forgot yeah. about that. You, you are the epitome of that. The, my previous statement. Oh, he no, that, turned. He turned around. Yeah, you, you went from, went from high horsepower, unlimited time attack, street mod, street, street mod, mod champion time attack. Yeah, car to yeah. this this Mugen Civic is the coolest thing I've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it is because like if you want to be doing it for a long time, it has to be cheap enough to right. like keep doing it. it. It also, I think a big part of the reason that I drive my current car and that I think a lot of people drive their cars is like, it's got to stir your soul a little bit. Like it's got to be something that you're into. Like Ed's into his E36. Like, Big time. And yeah. I remember that like aggressively like, when I drove it for the first time in three you years. Gotta be ba- <laughs> you got to be into the car that you're playing with too. Uh, and I think you guys have built kind of a unique little car that can you can get into a little bit too. Like, oh, absolutely! It has a, it, so it's got a ton of character. It's so and unique too. It's like, unique. You're not going to get passed by another when, one. When it pulls up in the in the grid here today, it pulled up a bunch of times, and it's like everybody's like, "What is that?" Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody stares at it like it's it. it's unique <laughs> yeah, enough, but it also looks like is that thing from the '60s. Uh, what is that? It's a it's it's got a cool vibe to it. So it it doesn't appreciate yeah. that very much. Um, I think that um, you know, with what we're doing, 
it's it's so important that the car be fun. Right. You know, it's got to be fast. It's got to be reliable. It's got to be easy to work on. It's got to be cheap to work on. It's got to be all these. Th- you know, it's it's, it's got to be so many things. But primarily, the thing that that we have to be successful at is putting a smile on people's faces. Right. I mean, that's the biggest. Uh, that's like the biggest pursuit of even like a track day org like us is you're basically. You're selling fun. And what, is, gotta, what is the product? Yeah, you get, your the, product, the product is, is fun. Smiles. Always. Fun, Always. vibes, smiles and smiles. <laughs> and <laughs> high fives. Right. And and hugs again now. Right. Now we're allowed to hug a little bit, at least as of Thursday in Michigan. So, yeah. Um, uh, so, Rob, where can... First, what's the build time on cars currently? Sure. For the Cardinal model, um, if you want a rolling chassis, you're looking about three to four months out. And okay. if you want a done car, working with one of our authorized service partners, you're looking five to six months out. That's okay. not very long. Yeah. It's not. and the That's ready for next year. Oh, absolutely. And that's because People wait longer for a Wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, so, so this is a quirky little car. It's also, like, super unique, super cool. Um, but I see it as a cool point in the like in the track day or like even time attack. Like you could run time trial stuff. It would fit in a few cl- like across a bunch of st- bunch of different stuff. But it's it's this weird point where you could get into this car for less than a lot of people have somebody like if you brought an S two thousand that's a claptrap ten thousand dollar S two thousand to ASM and like had them build like a street mod car. Yep, you'd be into it for a lot of freaking money, and it would be a pain in the butt, and you couldn't live with it. And you'd be a real you similar pace. You couldn't do it pace. in five or six weeks either. You'd be a real similar pace to what this crazy little tube frame oh. pull type suspension <laughs> double wishbone toy. It's like it's, it's the Cardinal's not slow. Like mm-hmm. it ain't slow. No, we're talking like a quick car. Sub one forty is no big deal. Can I drive uh, it tomorrow? Uh, the, we'll uh, find you a spot. I want to drive it so bad. Yeah, I want to. I actually really want to drive it too. But, but Tom turned to one thirty six today, right? In traffic, yeah. yeah. A 36 in traffic. I'm surprised that wasn't on his outlap, knowing Tom. <laughs> That's, that is ignorantly stupid. Fast. He's my best friend that makes me feel worse than any other friend. He's, he's the worst friend. Dude. I'm starting to hate him driving my car. <laughs> That's really annoying. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll take the 225s off and something fatter for you. Yeah, I, would love I, I got some 255s. On, what, what bull pattern is it? <laughs> let's get Ford some, Mustang. Let's get some fat, yeah, but what boy, is that? Uh, some fat boy 275s on Hoosiers yeah, on that thing. Man, that would be a quick girl. That would not be slow. But. So, Rob, yes. where can people find out about the Cardinal and what you guys do? Absolutely. So um, first place to go is fieldsautoworks.com, F-I-E-L-D-S-A-U-T-O. W-O-R-K-S dot com. You can also visit our Facebook page, which is Fields Auto Works. Uh, for our trackside support and other uh, streetcar build and other work, we're also at Fields Engineering on Facebook and on Instagram. Neato. Yeah. What other events are you doing this year? So we've got uh, nine or ten rentals booked through the rest of the year across the country at various track day organizations. Um, at this moment, our main grid life commitments are all with Colton here, who's standing next to me. Who yeah, and you got the car rented this weekend, right? Just we do have else. the car rented this yeah. weekend. One of those test drive rentals. Um, so we're uh, we're really looking forward to to getting that customer set up in the car and get him out here tomorrow morning. He's gonna have a lot of fun tomorrow. So was he not driving today? He was. We just had Tom take some data laps. Oh, okay, okay. I gotta tell you, it's been really like we're pretty close to the same. How old are you? Yes, close, closely held government secret. Yeah. Either way, I've known you a long time, and it's been really fun watching you grow, or I guess us grow up, because yeah. we have to be pretty close to the same age. 
mean, when I've I've known Scott, Good Arrow Scott, for longer than I've known you, mm-hmm. and we used to find cars for him to do his test fits. I think we did the first 944 wing at our yeah. shop for uh, Todd Sloan, yep. longtime customer of mine. And so I'd met the field. They would show up and there would be, I'd be like, hey, I have a customer that wants a wing. And they would come and basically design the uprights or fit right. the uprights at our shop. And then fast forward, they took over Good Arrow completely. And then fast forward some more. And they had the idea to build the goofy little car that's so cool. And then to watch it turn into a reality and, like, you, you've made it a legitimate thing that you do every day is so cool to have seen from, like, pre, pre-idea pre to inception to possibility to development to reality. Right. It's been a really cool thing to be a loose part of and no, no. be around for it. Absolutely. And, and, and I commend you for it. That's, that's not easy. Thank you very much. It, and it has been a tremendous amount of work. And I, um, I would be remiss not to um, point out that, you know, my father, our design director, has, has been the, the, the main driving force behind so much of that progress. Um, and then the other thing, sort of turning our head and looking the other direction, looking into the future, um, we're just starting to take pre-orders on our next model, which is yeah, a, a mid-engine I was going to ask you about it, that. It, it might be I the, want one of those. <laughs> that thing is awesome, and I'm going to street drive mine. It might be the prettiest thing that is offered right now. It's it a 962 like a, that's smooth. Yeah. Like, it's so good. <laughs> it's so cool. What, what's the what's the story behind that thing? What's sure. It so uh, it's called a Scioto Coupe. Um, we're, we're very Ohio. Is Ohio that named theme. after a river? It is named after the <laughs> river that goes through our town. Come um, visit me. I'll take you to the river. We'll hold hands. Yeah, have a picnic. Down by the river, dude. Down by the river. Sit on a dock. That's where all by the, the fun bay or something. Wasting time. But the Scioto is a, a mid-engine um, two-seater. It's a traditional uh, sports racer style. Yeah, uh, enclosed body. For and people that are listening, it looks like the. It looks really similar to like a a nine six two. Porsche, like it looks. It's, old this thing looks sick. Does it? Yeah. The George first Wright? time I've ever Look seen it. Look how pretty it is. I want that. So I hate bad. blue, but what's, I'll get it in another color. So, oh, what's the what's the envisioned uh, drivetrain, etc.? Well, so we had a really funny experience with that because we tried to take a very similar approach to the Cardinal in that we said, all right, let's let's pick something reasonable and easy to maintain and very accessible, right. and there's millions of them out there and whatever. And so what we picked was a supercharged V6 drivetrain out of. Uh, an Audi, uh, with the intent that you would do uh, a block off on the output shaft and treat it like a transaxle. That seems 100% crazy, but I could see where it comes from. No, well, the 3-liter supercharged motor is probably one of the best oh, motors that Audi's a, made in a long time. Total tank. But, so we as long as you like, can keep the water pump <laughs> and thermostat in them, you're good. Like They really don't fail aside from that. So so we were looking at it going, okay, this is a great way to achieve you know very reasonable power, good mid-engine platform, right. great parts availability, all this stuff. And we had, you know, a real kind of awakening when we started to notice that the type of customer really coming for the Scioto was like, yeah, yeah, that's great. That makes a lot of sense. Can I have a thousand horsepower? <laughs> can I have ITB? Right, exactly. Uh, can I, mean, I have an LS? My neighbor stuff? has a underground racing Gallardo. Will it be faster <laughs> than that? Because yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's all I care about. That, also, can I have a burble tune? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, truly, truly, Does it burp flames? The, and how, Can I like, roast marshmallows out of the exhaust? How fast is it? <laughs> with so, my brat braps <laughs> during <laughs> Cars and Coffee. That's all I care about. And so what we what we ended up 
doing was we said, okay, number one, we're going to stretch the body by six inches in the rear because everybody wants these these outrageous drivetrains. But the other thing was... So freaking fast. All right. So ridiculous. Oh, it is. And so, but the other thing we did is we... we the, the Cardinal is, is extremely open. I mean, anything from a leader bike motor up to a supercharged Coyote will fit in there and will bolt right up. For the Scioto, we said, you know, we're, we're going to have to blow this out a little more. We had, we had made it a little more constrained around the type of drivetrain we envisioned. Right, right. And now, you know, on the, the what we're calling now the pre-production design revision, um, we're at a point where it's, you know, it, it really can accept anything from, you know, if you wanted to put a radical drivetrain in it, it would take it. You put and a Busa motor, you could, or yeah, you absolutely could. Dry some or LS you go the other direction. We we had a or conversation. Whatever Kawasaki co- motor you put in your yeah. yellow and orange no, thing, Yamaha, Yama. whatever. R <laughs> one. Yeah. We had a we had a conversation with someone recently about putting a Judd V ten in. And Dude, those are popular on the internet right yeah. now. Do you I, know? So I, I cannot wait until I see that Judd V ten going sideways or straight at a grid life event. Mr. Ryan Turner. I have I have no ties to that drivetrain, but that sounds great. And I would like one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we we've got, you know, so there are a couple other European V8s people have, have have talked to us about. We've got one in the shop right now that we're we're preparing to put in in a car and um but I think the um in all likelihood there's probably about a year lifespan on the the total open season. Put whatever motor you want in the Scioto before we we clamp down onto a right. specific design. What do you guys use for management on the like the put whatever motor you want in situation? Because <laughs> like, we'll, like we'll you've, put you've in discussed whatever management you you've, want. you've discussed sixteen cylinders or uh, less r- right now. <laughs> you've discussed a, a tr- like an old school. Ten cylinder. You've discussed direct injected supercharged motors. We're literally talking like traditional fuel injection motors. You, like you talked about. Do you, so, do you have like a, a recipe for put whatever in? We'll hook this up to it, and then we'll make it work. Or is it? Are you a la carting how you figure all of them out? It's it's quite a, it's quite a la carte, and the the sort of the magic to that is that there there is so little interface between the chassis and the drivetrain. Right. right? Um, on the Cardinal, we. You know what we recommend. The design intent is you buy a crate motor from Ford, the 2.3 EcoBoost, uh, or the motor of your choice. It comes with a controls pack that includes an ECU that's meant to be a standalone unit. You put those things together, you bolt them in the car, and you go. Um, on the Scioto, being as open format as it is, it's very much a bring your own. You know whatever whatever it is that you want to do. Um, <laughs> so we- K24. Uh, Hayabusa. Yeah. That is both Viper awesome V10. and sounds like right. a tremendous <laughs> headache. Well, no, it's, it, 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 oh, it all depends man. on what, what you're trying to Because So I will say we, we, um, we've we worked with a, a couple of or had discussions with a couple of folks about putting some really exotic drivetrains in, in them um, that are functioning streetcar motors. And we've discouraged those people pretty severely and said, look, if, you, if you're looking for that level of power and that level of whatever, here is a known done quantity that achieves that performance it you know comes prepackaged and it will run this controller or that controller and and it's can you give an finished. example like what what kind of uh, solution are you talking they're about? telling people to buy hellcats basically right yeah that's exactly <laughs> if so, you want to go to cars and coffee go straight and hit things when you can't control your car just buy one off the showroom floor it's too pretty you can't crash this into spectators they they'll roll off and there won't be enough injuries sure so so i think a, a good example would be that if you if you say I want a Scioto that's going to be putting down 600 horsepower, 
with a sequential box. I want traction control. I want launch control. I want pit lane, pit lane speed limiter. Um, you know, all the, all the, the driver aid goodies. Dude, pit um, lane speed limiter is so tempting. I want to do that in my own car. And there's no reason for it, but it's so dope. <laughs> I'll let you know if I find something to make that work in our old oh, yeah, shop. Let's well, so, so for us, we've, we've, we've had great success. It's, not without not without its challenges getting there, but we've had great success doing things like Mtron and Motec for that. Right, right. and no, because it makes the, sense, yeah. because the car, the rolling chassis package is coming in as low as it is price wise for the performance. It leaves a lot of headroom for that. If you right. want everything feature wise that I just described in a Cardinal that makes 400 wheel horsepower, you can still be out the door for less than half the cost of the equivalent performance GT3 RS. Right. Yeah. Uh, Paying when someone we to do it. Interjected on your thought. Correct. What what engine platform were you were you talking about for a second? If you were talking about six hundred. Oh, so that would be probably you'd be looking at something like a you know you you get a performance crate LS with um, like supercar systems or a, an Albin sequential or a Sadev right. sequential right. and run all all that on Mtron or Motec. Yeah. Okay. Sounds so fun, man. That sounds so fun. I'll just. At the moment, I'll just stick with my Civic. <laughs> but we can dream. That is true. I mean, we can totally dream. Well, I like and, my crappy and, LB36. And, yeah, and, and at the same time, you know, from a simplicity standpoint, with the Cardinal, it, it, it all comes in one crate. You unbox it. You plug all the things together that go together and put it in the car what and it runs. What kind of doors does it have? Do they go straight up or do they go out? Uh, so the Scioto, the doors are, go- <laughs> are, are straight, are <laughs> traditional gullwing. Oh, Good. <laughs> they gotta go up, dude. They gotta. Go Adam up brought back Lambo doors. It's actually Lambo true. Doors no, I mean, you you absolutely can all have so Lambo like, doors. <laughs> I think we actually we put Lambo doors on my E36. Tense podcast in my in our podcast in my car. I think we actually have might like we might have brought back Lambo doors a little bit. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I want to say that I'm looking at a uh, a picture of the side of coupe dude, on your so website, dude. It's so good, and it's got like this. Long tail, like Le Mans vibe yeah. to it, that I, yeah. I I'm just in love with. It looks so dope. Uh, I when when people ask me to describe the car, I basically say, "Picture your favorite Le Mans cars and That's the one. put them That's all that. together, yeah, and there it is." And like you don't remember any of the exact details, but they all kind of have the same silhouette. And then right. you look at the photo, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's pretty that's much what I was thinking about." That's that's all of them. Well, and what's so funny is, so I had I had someone. There, there's a, a person in our our little neighborhood there where our shop is who owns a nine six two. And he walked in one day, and he looked at our car. He was in for a totally other reason. But he looked at our car, and he goes, oh, that looks a lot like my Porsche or whatever. And I was like, no, it doesn't. And he goes, yeah, it looks just like it. And I was like, okay. So we pulled up. He pulled up a picture of his car, and we stood there and really looked at the details. He goes, right. this is nothing like my Porsche. <laughs> but be- because that air, that's exactly like, it. Right. It's, yeah. it's that classic sports racer, long tail. Right body style yeah Man. the early prototype life like that is uh 70s 80s 90s that it evolved and that would be like the smooth perfect version of that early prototype style right it's very cool very cool i hope you sell a bunch of them because i want to i would love to see more of them at Dude, wouldn't events. it be so good to see like a like a whole field of super spec unlimited field oh cardinal oh. <laughs> yeah. very Jesus. cool um, uh, Can't again, hide by bad driving in a spec class. That's, that's right. true. That is true. If you got friends in the same car, you either suck or you don't. <laughs> like, uh, so, uh, where do people uh, check you out again? 
Uh, that's Fields Auto Works, F-I-E-L-D-S-A-U-T-O-W-O-R-K-S dot com. Works and with on an L. Facebook. Yeah. That's right. Um, and uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Spelling it correctly. <laughs> oh, it well. it's so abstract now. So uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram, and then um, our uh, trackside support and, and other engineering services are at Fields Engineering. Yeah, very cool. Well, I, it's been a it's been a good time getting to know you. We're at uh, NCM. You're at Blackhawk. Um, we stuffed a mic in Colton's face a bunch. Uh, as of this point, they haven't even came out because we've been. We're, we're I've actually, been, t- I've been so trying to manage my own life. We're getting backlogged on podcast. Dave's only putting one a week. Spe- out, right? Speaking of Colton. Yeah. Speaking of Colton. Hi. We, we did a we did a thing today with Colton. Yeah, Colton, what happened? Did anybody, oh, anybody, on, did anybody on, catch on, on to on. that? Save that for the next episode. Oh. To be Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit Sacred Live to say hello. Hello.